when you are like interacting with people's websites or their app and you detect that it's like this has been written by an AI and it's not a, or you're doing one of those chat bots mm-hmm. and you realize, hey, this isn't a person there and this is just a, a bot. The minute that is, you don't have any emotional resonance with the other person, a human being. You don't feel the need oh, to be point. like polite and, and speak in a certain way or to say thank you or please anymore because it's just a machine. Mm-hmm. And so that's the only machine that I'm going to be able to do. I don't think we'll ever feel an emotional connection to machines the way we feel to other people and to animals. Mm-hmm. That's never going to get replaced. Welcome back to Oh My Pod, the podcast all about podcasting. If you're like most people, you're struggling to grow your podcast. You're putting in all this work, all this time, energy, and money, and you're getting some growth, but nothing is really moving the needle. One of the most effective ways to grow a podcast is to bring on the right guests. And how do you find the right guests? Networking. By networking effectively, you can get big guests on your show that your audience will get a lot of value from. And a lot of times you'll be able to build a lasting relationship with this guest because you guys already worked on a project together, the podcast episode. Today's guest is a networking, marketing, and copywriting expert, John Caprini. He's most active on Facebook where he's got like 10,000 followers who really look up to him as a copywriting expert. He talks a lot in this episode about the right and the wrong way to reach out to people and the importance of leading with value and just trying to genuinely help people. I think there's going to be a lot of big unlocks in this episode for you. There definitely was for me while I was doing the interview. So yeah, let's get into it. Okay, John, welcome to the show. Our first guest with an Irish accent, I believe. So that's a, that's a monument, monumental moment. <laughs> okay, thank you, Justin. Yeah, it's, uh, it's nice to be here. Totally, yeah. And it's cool to be um, talking to somebody in a, like a, with a different expertise than what we've uh, had before. So um, I, I would have said this in the intro, but um, you, you do copywriting, but you also, when we were first chatting, um, you're sort of deep into networking as well. So very, very cool. We've had one person on before talk about networking. And I feel like networking is sort of like a bit of an overused term, a bit of like a cliche term in the business world. But over the last little while, I've realized like the benefit of just meeting people and having conversations and just like authentically engaging in conversations. So, so yeah, I'll definitely, uh, pick your brain on, on that a little bit. Um, but first I was just, uh, <laughs> just wondering, like I always ask people this, where is the best place you've ever traveled to in your opinion? Okay. Damn. Uh, I've, I've really like, traveled to quite a few places. I haven't done enough traveling in recent years cause I've got young kids. Yeah. But I mean, in terms of the best place, like some of the best experiences in my life I had were the two best places I can think of was actually in a place called Gambia in Africa. Okay. And the second one was actually in Fiji. So in Gambia in Africa, I went to work with a guy and we were building some boats together. And mm-hmm. I used to be a craftsman, like making, making wooden furniture. And then I got an opportunity to go and build a big wooden sailing boat when I was about 30 years old. And I, I had to quit a bunch of stuff and basically up sticks, leave all my stuff behind for a year to do it. And uh, it was like major upheaval, but I'm, I'm super glad it did because it was just like a very formative experience for me. It was kind of like going through a rite of passage, like 15 years after I probably should have. But uh, I learned so much. I learned to be like self-reliant. I learned to be really good at improvising with very limited resources. And it was just, yeah, it was just a really good time in my life. And off the back of that experience, I actually ended up, when that project ended, I didn't want to go home. So the people I was working with 
the person I was working with, I asked him, hey, do you know anybody else who might have some interesting project I could take part in? And he's like, actually, I know a guy who's like rebuilt, re-renovating a holiday resort on an island in Fiji. Would you like to go and help him? I said, like, yeah, okay. So <laughs> he puts me on the phone to this dude, this German guy. He's like, yeah, I'll send you a plane ticket. Come in two weeks. <laughs> I said, like, okay. All right, let's go. Send the ticket. So the t- he sent me the ticket and I go to Fiji. And I was like, then I met my wife pretty soon afterwards and I actually stayed in Fiji for six years. You met your wife in Fiji? Yeah, she's from there. Fantastic. So crazy how life kind of sends sends you on your way, hey? Absolutely, yeah. So yeah. that's why like you know, I I enjoyed both experiences, good and bad. Like, you know, the places had you know their upsides and downsides, but like mm. the way it all turned out, like I got two kids running around upstairs and that's all because of those experiences. Hell yeah, man. I love that. I uh my fiance is from Italy and I'm from Canada. And because mm-hmm. I because I decided to make an account on Fiverr.com as a singer and put myself out there as a as a singer for for that website as a freelancer, I got hired on my like a couple weeks later, my first job was with somebody from Italy. And because of that song, my now fiance had heard that and um, had followed me on Instagram. And so, and then we end up meeting up in Canada. So like one little decision to just out of curiosity, go on Fiverr and, and see if I could make a bit of money turned into to my, my fiance. And also I, then I made a living on Fiverr for two years um, during COVID as well. So like, yeah, just gotta, just gotta be open to, to these experiences when they come and, and, you know, like, there's definitely things to, to where there's times to say no, but but in general, like when when you're young and you're just trying to just learn about who you are, then I just yeah, saying saying yes to opportunities and, and going out and trying stuff is um yeah. It is it's it's like Steve Jobs famously said about you can only connect the dots when you look backwards. Like it's it's super true. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. That's a great quote. Yeah. Um so by the way, usually my fiance is on these uh with with me um but just because we're in italy we i don't even think like we have the the internet broadband to both be on a call at the same time <laughs> only one person can use the internet <laughs> probably so she she had to uh we had to like put one of us on the chopping block <laughs> so um but yeah so let's okay let's talk about um let's talk about a, a few main things and i will have done a little summary of what what we're going to talk about in the episode in the intro but i want to talk about uh, obviously, have it centered around podcasting because the majority of people want to know about podcasting. But there's two things that are on my mind with your expertise to, as it relates to podcasting, and one would be networking and podcasting, and then your the, your copywriting and podcasting. And so when it when it comes to networking, the first thing that I'm wondering is is like in in your opinion, um, how, what do you think of of podcasting as a networking tool in terms of networking with your guests and stuff? Okay, yeah, so. I try to go on podcasts whenever I get an invitation. Mm-hmm. They're really great authority builders. Um, people can search for you. They find your name. They see there's a piece of content recorded. It's instant authority. It's instant credibility to have a bunch of podcasts out there where you're guesting on. That's one part. Uh, the actual net working with the podcast host can be valuable. Yes, inherently. But I've also, like, I don't have what I would call a podcast, I have a YouTube channel where I have a weekly interview. Mm-hmm. And I found that I've used that as a, as a kind of way to do networking as well, because I used to intentionally get on networking calls with people pretty much every week and sometimes twice a week. Mm-hmm. And at some point, someone said I should interview some people. And then I interviewed a friend and I really enjoyed it and actually 
got about, you know, like small numbers, but decent for the industry size, like 600 people watched it inside the industry. They were all pretty targeted mm-hmm. and people were like, oh, this is a really good injury. Really enjoyed it. I was like, okay, I'm going to do more. So now I do one a week and it's like, it, it's got like multiple benefits. People are enjoying watching them. It's building up my reputation and authority in the industry. People are now reaching out, asking, can I interview them? And um, then every time I do the interview, it's having a one hour long conversation with somebody I already kind of know about and like or wanted to get to know. So mm-hmm. it's actually become like a networking forum for me personally as well. It's just like so many benefits. It's awesome. So, yeah. So, I mean, what what you're saying is um, pretty similar. Actually, you might even know. Do you know who Michael Whitehouse is? No, I don't. He's he's a great networking guy, but we had him on uh, the show a while back and he he uh, obviously like said the exact same thing that you're saying, but and I've seen your your weekly YouTube show and obviously yeah, like it's it's a very different uh, experience kind of hopping on a networking call where the intention is not always like completely clear, the agenda's not totally clear, but when you invite somebody to come onto a podcast it's a much more like kind of inviting and um, like comfortable way to do a networking call. And it also then like you're, you're also kind of offering the person something like, you know, here's my audience. You can have total access to all these people. And like, we're just going to have a chat. And so I feel like it's a, it's a really good way to, um, to do networking. And I've done both too. Like I've done just, Hey, can we hop on a call and meet? And that's also great. But by the end of those calls, I'm often thinking to myself like, man, I should have recorded that. Cause we just went for like an hour and like had all these like insights. And I was like, man, well, that's what a podcast is. But to ask like a targeted question about that, when you're doing these, co- these calls with people after the call or, or, or whatever, at some point during this call, like how are you interacting with the guests to get the most out of that relationship? Like, for example, like if I bring a guest on the show and then maybe there's, I don't know, an, an opportunity for us to be like referral partners, or maybe there's an opportunity for me to specifically help the guest. But how are you then like getting the benefits of that from doing your weekly show? Does that make sense? Yeah, I, I see. It's it's an indirect thing. It's kind of, actually, it's great. It's funny now, because just like I said a few minutes ago, you can only connect the dots looking backwards. Yeah. It's exactly the same thing. Yeah. <laughs> Totally, so I totally. didn't know we were going to talk about this, but it's just funny that like two minutes later, it's like it's the it's perfectly apropos to say the same thing again. Yes, it's just like you just are creating space for serendipity in your life and in your business mm-hmm. by talking to lots of people and by making lots of connections in different people who are in maybe in a similar industry or in a similar area or have some overlap between what you do and what they do. But mm-hmm. it's not always going to be apparent. I mean, exactly. Like, absolutely. If, I think you have to just do like drive a clear line between outreach and networking. Mm-hmm. Outreach is like, I'm reaching out to you for a specific purpose. I know why I want to talk to you and I've got something to propose to you. And I think you should make that very clear if that's what you're doing. But with networking, it's like, I know you're an interesting person. We're in similar industries or adjacent industries. I'm just reaching out without a specific, you know, agenda or business purpose to get to know you a little bit and I hope that's okay. Mm-hmm. And then, Again, like you said about podcasting, the cherry on top is, hey, I'd like to interview you. And then that's extremely flattering to people. Like, who doesn't love to be asked lots of questions about what a great person they are? Everyone loves that. But what I do see people doing that kind of blurs the lines and I think can end up feeling like a bait and switch is two things. One is the podcast sales pitch we're starting to hear nowadays, which is people are being invited on a podcast and it turns out that it's actually a sales call. Yeah, it's one of of the most inauthentic... um, 
like it, it ruins the the fun for everybody. That's what I've been saying. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And then um, the other one is like people pretending like that they're just reaching out to network or to chat, and they're like they're immediately trying to segue into a pitch at the first popular possible opportunity. It just blurs the line. So yeah. I, I'm I try to be very clear cut. If I want something from somebody and I know exactly what I want, I reach out and say, "Hey, I'm reaching out because of this reason." And I tell mm-hmm. them straight up. And then it's up to them to decide whether they want to engage me or not. But if I'm reaching out kind of that broader, like want to build a relationship, I tell them that I've got nothing to sell you. I'm not trying yep. to I'm not trying to pitch right now. I have no specific business reason to contact you today other than I think you're an interesting, cool person. I'd like to talk to you. Okay. So insight number one would definitely be like for me personally and for people listening would be there's two types of of ways that you can connect with people. One is reaching out to for a specific purpose. The other one would be just simply meeting a person and actually having like a real human being conversation. So um, Mm -hmm. definitely and and being upfront about whichever you're you're doing. And definitely, definitely, definitely not using your podcast as as a a sales um, tool trying to sell the guests. Yeah. And yes, and I I would like to jump in there because both Mm -hmm. forms are real human conversations. Right. The problem is when the people muddy the waters about what their intentions are, then it reduces trust. Okay. And then it's very hard to have a real connection with somebody. But people will, will trust you. Will, you can build trust just as easily in a sales interaction once you're clear that I am actually reaching out with a specific business purpose and you right. don't try and fool people or, or muddy the waters. You can still build trust there. It's still a human interaction. Right. Okay. So really good uh, clarification. Now, I will say one thing about the, about the uh, sales-related thing, which is... Um, I've I've gotten I've sold uh a few times from my podcast but I have never ever been the one to bring it up never mm-hmm. it, it only came as a result that at the end the person said wait I didn't know you did that thing and I was like oh yeah I do that thing like of course and then we're friends at that point because we we've had this interview and not maybe not friends but at least we're we're nicely acquainted and the person said well I want to do that with you and I went okay like I mean we can see if you're a good fit like sure uh but but so so it's kind of like you said, though, like indirectly, the, wh- wherever you're doing networking, whether you're doing it through a podcast or you're just having conversations with people anywhere, they result in long-term kind of and and, un- and sometimes unseen effects. Um, and so the only thing that is kind of annoying with that is like, and what I kind of was trying to get at with the last question is like, if I'm working with a client and we are trying to use their podcast as a way, like get get them a return on their investment with their podcast, right? Which is like pretty pretty darn easy if the person has like a fifteen thousand dollar program. Um, they only have to get a single client from all of their podcasting uh, efforts, which means the social media content from the show, the like the audio, the YouTube referrals from guests, like all these things. Pretty easy to get one single client to pay off the entire you know podcast for for the six months or whatever. So, um, if you were, if I was trying, like, if we were trying to measure how somebody would get like a return on their investment from the podcast, I'm just trying to like figure out my head, like, um, at the end of the episode, like, do, do you, do you go to like, try and see if you guys would make good referral partners or do you, is it weird to even like ask the person if they know somebody who that might be a fit for or like, do you know what I'm trying to get at with that? Like, how can you, how do you think you can use the podcast to, to authentically and honestly generate a tangible return on your investment? So 
what I try to do is actually proactively be helpful to the other person and let reciprocity do its work. Okay. Because most people inherently believe in reciprocity as a value. If you meet somebody in a social setting, they at least believe in to, to some extent. Because if someone has no belief in reciprocity, they're probably not going to go very far in life or have too many valuable relationships in their life because people soon get tired of somebody who always takes but doesn't give. Mm-hmm. So what I try to do is proactively just look for ways to help them. So every time I meet somebody, I'm collecting information about who they are, what do they do, who they serve, who have they worked with, what kinds of things are they interested in. And I'm proactively trying to connect them whenever I meet someone, connect them with other people who could be valuable to them, make introductions. And I'm looking for problems that people say they have and who else do I know that might be able to solve them. And if that's me, I will say is a lot of the time it's not me. A lot of the time it could be somebody else I know. But by proactively looking to solve problems and make connections with the people I meet, I generate so much goodwill for myself. And sometimes that can result in business. Sometimes that can result in somebody just, people just send me nice gifts all the time, which is cool. Um, people, but it means opportunities come to me and people, it also builds my reputation. So just give an example, like, and I don't want to break anybody's confidence, but like people will come to me and say, oh, I need help with this. Who do you know? And then I, immediately, whoever's top of mind is like somebody going to be in the last 10 or 15 people I've spoke to or people I've spent an extended period of time with. But, oh, yeah, them. I'm going to message them right now, talk to them about you, see if it's a good connection. Message your side. Yeah, good connection. Let's talk. Put all three of us in a conversation. The other two may do some business. I might be part of that business. I might not. I don't care. But both those people walk away from that interaction thinking, hey, I've got somebody new to connect with, and John really helped me out there. And I've got hundreds, if not thousands of people walking around with that thought in their heads. Uh, you know, So it doesn't pay off today. It's more like a flywheel. I, I, kind of, I use different metaphors to talk about networking. It's kind of like how SEO is versus doing advertising if you're into marketing. Yeah, um, yeah. But it's kind of like the flywheel effect, you know, it's like it takes some time. you got to crank it hard to get it spinning. But once it's spinning, it has its own momentum. Yeah. And, and I just, I keep on hearing that recently. And it, it was like, it's, it's something that that didn't initially make sense to me, like helping people as much as you can, giving as much as you can uh, and doing doing all that for free. Because in my head, it, it was like what well, business is all about, like, you know, getting getting paid for everything that you do. I don't want to do anything for free or something like that. But over the last year, like I have, um, first of all, realized that business just feels better when you start giving. And also when you start giving, you also like, then you just kind of end up in circles with other people who give and 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 who who want to help. And so then business becomes not a game of selling people things, but of just like trying to help people with all sorts of things that they might be dealing with. So um, it's a good, that's a good advice for anybody who's in the podcasting space anyways, is like, you're, that's, that's the, the mindset that you should have when you are delivering podcast episodes to potential listeners as well. Um, and you were going to say something there, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. May I just jump in to clarify yes, there? Yes, for sure. Yeah. So like, when it's time to sell, don't hound back from selling. Right. If you, if somebody says, I need this and it's the thing that you sell, hey, I actually have this thing. And it's actually going to be, I think, a perfect fit for what you need. Right. Would you like to talk to me about that? Like, offer them the opportunity to talk about it direct. And then tell them, like, you know, without holding back on how, what it is, how much it costs, 
what the benefits are to them, why they might want to have it, and why you know what you can deliver is uniquely awesome for them. Mm-hmm. Do not hold back. But if you don't have the thing to sell them, I think basically you don't try to insert yourself in a transaction that's probably going to happen anyway without you. So when I introduce two people, I don't try to take a commission fee off of that or get in the deal if I'm not going to bring some value to the table. Right. But sometimes I'll get a referral fee or an introduction fee from people, which I'm grateful to take. And sometimes they might be like, hey, we actually need you know some work on copy or we need some consulting on an offer. Can you jump into this piece of business with us? And absolutely, at that time, it's my time to sell and I'm going to sell. Right. Okay, so I, I love your clarifications. That that helps me like get my thoughts clear as well. So that's great. Thank you for that. Yes, because the giving, when you think of giving, it's like you don't want to foolishly give. I mean, you want to be useful. But mm-hmm. I think some of the people, some people give too much to the point where they hurt themselves. Yes. And it's like, you don't give everything away. You just be, be a useful person. And mm-hmm. then when someone needs what you've got, you damn well sell it to them. Don't hold back at that point. Love it. That's, that's great. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's cool. So, so shifting gears a tiny bit, not a ton, but I'm just wondering, so podcast guesting is a huge thing right now, like getting on podcasts, uh, for mm-hmm. all kinds of reasons, like we've just been talking about as well. But if you were trying to, um, let's say get a person who you highly respect, like I'm talking like a, could be, could be a massive, massive guest, or it could just be somebody who's, who's quite, you know, established within your circle or whatever. Um, how, how do you have like a like a a little piece of advice or something that people could use to reach out to this person in a way that is that that's going to get their attention? Not necessarily like you know where to reach out or where people are most active or how to find the the person's like you know um, like uh, assistant or something, but more just like how you can actually start a conversation like that to. I mean, kind of even like almost like what what we did and, and how we connected. So yeah, what are your thoughts on that? Okay. I think that it's it's to do with proximity, relative proximity. If someone's in a reasonably relative proximity to you and you can just reach out, just reach out uh, and just make the ask. You know, they might knock you back. They might say no. And even if they say no, who cares? You can ask them again in three months or six months or nine months. Who cares? If someone's very far remote from you, like if they're, you know, uh, extremely successful they've got like you know a few different layers of assistance between them and the public if they're a hard person to reach you may not be able to reach them directly mm-hmm. you, you know you can try some of these like the typical strategies like creatively gifting and stuff like that but you know people who are very successful get a lot of gifts sent to them so that may not actually be the do they actually hmm? do they really do people do they get gifts sent to them all the time I, i'm pretty sure they do look look i mean justin i'm you know been in business like maybe four years now mm-hmm. i am not like at the level where i would describe myself as really successful yes and yet i regularly get gifts in the post from people all over the world like people sending me stuff and like so you know proactively sending me little gifts like someone sent me alex hormozzi's book oh nice month. somebody else sent me some fancy gin from croatia Somebody sent me some other nice books from the US last month. Somebody sent me a whole case of non-alcoholic beers because they read a post about me. Not I don't drink alcohol anymore. Cool. And uh, like people send me all kinds of nice things. You know, yeah. people. Yeah, and so like, and I'm not. You know, I'm not famous, and I'm not super successful. And people already. So yeah, if somebody is very successful, they're getting lots of gifts because people want to in, want to try and influence them to do nice things for them or to mm-hmm. to to get their attention. Mm-hmm. What you could do 
is think, okay, if I can't get directly to that one person, who else is around that person? Mm-hmm. Okay, could I get to them? And how can I be useful to them? And, you know, like, not in a super calculating way where you're just using them to get to the next person. I think you yeah. have to still be genuine. Mm-hmm. And I think it would be well for you to, like, at some point express that you would like to connect to that other person too. But again, if you just do something that's genuinely useful to them, like that helps them out in a real way, in a tangible way, people people will share their network, but you have to build the trust individually. So you may be two steps removed from the person you ultimately want to speak to. And maybe you're just not at the level where you can access them yet, but you probably have to just keep on doing what you're doing, build up your skill level, build up your own reputation till you can come on a level where you're maybe one step below them or maybe even close to being equal with them. And then mm-hmm. you can make the ask much easier. But that person always has many, many people around them who are helping them. And you could maybe be helping those people first who are at the level you're at and then later on, you can get to that other person. Mm-hmm. Okay, that's really cool. One thing that I just was thinking as you were talking was like, do you do you have any kind of like daily non-negotiable strategy that you employ of like how many, like maybe how, like starting a certain number of conversations a day or, or, ta- or like new conversations? Or because that might be useful to somebody who has a podcast too, because like the podcast space is all about conversations. It's literally having conversations. Mm-hmm. So I mean, starting the conversation somewhere, whether it's on Facebook or Instagram, um, like that's going to lead you into getting all kinds of guests on your show and making new connections. So is that something that you do like as a practice or? Yeah, I, I used to a lot more um, of late, not quite as much, but I have other other opportunities to network these days than I had. I used to have to proactively go and reach out to people. Yes. Um, and I still do, but not as much as I used to nowadays. People, proact- people, other people do reach out to me. Right. But I also find like, that projects I'm involved in naturally provide opportunities to meet new people. Like, for example, somebody offered who runs a coaching business asked me to come and be a guest coach in their program. So I'm going to do that for about the next six weeks. I know I, that's, a- that's Matthew, right? Matthew, yeah. Yeah, I just met him the other the other week. He's he's really cool. I really his business is very cool. So yeah, I'm going I'm going to guest coach in Matthew's program for the next six weeks, and there's a hundred other people, other entrepreneurs and different types of people inside Matthew's program who mm-hmm. I'm getting to meet and getting to connect with the people in that community now as a result of like of that engagement. Mm-hmm. So that's one way I told you about my own YouTube show that gets opportunities for me to meet people. And that was at first me reaching out to people and saying, hey, I'd like to interview you. Yeah. And now it's gone the other way where people are sending me DMs saying, hey, John, I saw your interview with this person last week. I would love you to interview me too. Could we do that? And I'm like, yeah, yeah absolutely. Let's do it. And you're, you're, booked, you're booked way up, you said to me, right? I'm booked up with interviews till next, I think almost to next June at this year, at this point. Oh, that's June that is insane. I do wow. one a week. Okay. So, so you're not, you're not batch, like you're not recording ahead of time and then releasing them on schedule. You're just doing a one, one a week. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. It, it's like the reason I don't even call it a podcast is because I don't upload it to podcast platforms. I don't yeah. put credits on it. I don't do any of that stuff. I'm just like, okay, I'm going to hit record. We're going to talk for 45 minutes. Then I'm going to yeah. stick it on YouTube and I'm going to send yeah. an email to my mailing list. And that's about as far as it goes. And, uh, you know, I'm, I get to make friends. Uh, I'm really surprised by like the caliber of some of the people who are reaching out to me now and asking for me to interview them, which I just didn't expect. Like people who've been in the industry, you know, I've been in the industry four years. They've been people in the industry, been in the industry 25, 30 years. People have made many millions. Yeah. Um, it's awesome. It's, mm-hmm. it's just such a good thing. It's, it's a slow roll. It's just about that consistency. So I wouldn't want to do 20 episodes in a week. I'd be so burned out. I'm like, I'll do one a week. It fits into my lifestyle. It fits into my business. And, it's a long-term thing. It's like something I'm going to be doing for a couple of years to come. Yeah, 100%. And and also, like, you're talking about 
people, you know, let's say um, who are maybe ahead of ahead of you in your in your in the business or whatever business world and coming on your show, like one of the things that people don't talk about enough with podcasting is like, what an incredible way to get like free coaching uh, and, and free knowledge and and like education uh, from somebody who's who's you know got more experience or something. Like I have learned so much by just asking questions that I want to know the answers to to my guests. And and then it's also cool for the guests because they get to answer questions that maybe they don't get all the time. They get to think about things in a new, a new way and uh, and share their ideas. And that's, yeah, like you, you agree with that, right? Like as a, as a practice for getting good coaching and stuff like that. Oh, look, it, it's, it's super valuable. You do learn a lot from the, from the guests as well. Mm-hmm. And there's also just the power of proximity, like just being around other successful people. It does... It does rub off. And then you being seen interacting with people who are at a further level, higher level of success and career development to you. I mean, people see you with them and think, okay, this person's on the rise. Like This person is doing well for themselves. Right. Like uh, authority by association sort of thing. Absolutely. 100%. That is true. Like, you know, people will poo-poo the idea of authority, but it's it's super real. You see it all the time. Yeah. Once you're looking for it, it's everywhere. Yes. Yeah, of course. That you're very right about that. Um, I could kind of go on a rabbit hole there, but yes, um, very true. I'll ask you uh, one more question, John, and then we'll we'll wrap up. And by the way, what what time zone are you on right now? Like, are you in Ireland or are you somewhere else? I'm in Ireland. Yeah, so it's seven thirty p.m. here. Oh yeah, it's the night time for you too, both of us. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, for for anybody who who doesn't know, I'm I'm in Italy right now, so we're we're doing this quite late. Uh, still got to go eat dinner after. Um, but but. Last uh, last question. This is just like kind of a fun one that is a curiosity for me. But I'm just going to give a brief uh, overview of why it's important. We uh, have been recommending people to use AI to do the majority of the heavy lifting for the podcast show note writing. This mostly mm-hmm. just means that rather than a human being having to go through and do like two hours of uh, just manual labor to get all of the timestamps of the topics discussed and that sort of thing, we let AI do most of that and then uh, copy, you know, then, then the person can do the last little bit. But in general, like, do you think that AI is going to take copywriters out of the game? And if not, like, what, what do you think AI is never going to be able to understand that a copywriter can just nail? Okay. Um, is it going to take copywriters out of the game? Yes, and it already is. Okay. Because what it is doing is letting people who have a high level of skill and competence be ex- exponentially more productive than they used to be. Like, mm. you know, it's actually, it's driving down prices in the industry. I'm definitely seeing that, that people are, you know, expecting to pay less for things than they paid before. Um, but it's it's also driving up productivity. Like people are getting a hell of a lot more done than they were last year. Now, can it do the work by itself? Not yet. Will it sooner or later be able to? You have to assume that yes, because the the pace of progress, like this exploded out of nowhere and suddenly it's just become a part of everybody's lives in less than a year. The pace of progress is so rapid, we have to assume that at some point it's going to be so good that you can't tell the difference between it and a human. As of right now today, it has a lot of signature like kind of giveaways and tells when you read it that it's it, it wasn't it was generated by a machine rather than a person. But it's 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 a great assistant. I try to just treat it like uh, um a friend of mine told me this and it was like he's like, just treat it like it's an employee who it's like kind of somebody who's really smart, but it's they don't have much experience yet. Right. And if you do that, a great you can way get to think about it. Yeah. 
Yeah. So I, I try to use it like that. So things like, yeah, like notes from my show, like to do a summary, yeah, it pulls together a pretty good summary. Um, I'll ask it to, hey, can you just extract like the, like the 10 most interesting talking points out of that conversation? It'll give me 10 of them. Now, am I going to copy and paste those into an email to my list? Absolutely not. Mm-hmm. But am I going to use it as a starting point to write an email? 100% yes, I will. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, even just for ideation, like, you know, give like stuff like when I'm looking at YouTube videos, I'll pull up, you know, I'll look for a bunch of videos that have like over a million views. Okay, copy and paste those all into one document. Okay, here are 10 YouTube titles. Can you give me 10 more like using the same principles? Exactly. Or give it a framework to work from. Like I want to have a title that has, a, you know, a bit of curiosity and a, and a benefit. Can you give me 10 titles like that on this topic? And it will give you 10 and none of them are going to be any good but their starting point, because the worst thing when you're writing is a blank page. If you've got something crappy, you can polish something crappy into something good. Mm-hmm. Um, what is it never going to be able to do? I think the thing is never going to be, mm, I don't want to say never. Mm-hmm. It has a pretty good understanding of, of human psychology in some ways. Um, I think like that's where humans are going to have great strategic input for a long time. Humans understand other humans, I think, better than the machines understands us. And mo- you know, all commerce at this point is like humans interacting with humans. So mm-hmm. when it comes to the strategic input of how do we get other people to buy our thing or to take this specific action, that human strategic input is going to be very valuable. It may come a time where the machines are good enough that we don't need people for that anymore. Mm-hmm. But one thing the machines are never going to replace, and fantastically, you can connect the dots looking back again, is actually in the field of like networking and making emotional connections. Cause what you find is when you are like interacting with people's websites or their app and you detect that it's like, this has been written by an AI and it's not, a, or you're doing one of those chat bots mm-hmm. and you realize, Hey, this isn't the person there. And this is just a, a bot. The minute that is, you don't have any emotional resonance with your person, a human being. You don't feel the need a to be point. like polite and, and speak in a certain way or to say thank you or please anymore because it's just a machine. Mm-hmm. And so that's the only machine they're ever going to be able to do. I don't think we'll ever feel an, a, an emotional connection to machines the way we feel to other people and to animals. Mm-hmm. That's never going to get replaced. That's a that's a really like like what you said about like yeah you can be like as rude as you want and and the the niceties and the pleasantries all all disappear and so yeah you're you're very right about that. The, I feel like like I could ask you a bunch more stuff, um, but but I just like to keep these at least you know somewhat somewhat um shorter, but to respect your time as well. So uh, thank you, John, for coming on. At the end of every episode, um, I just always ask people if they have any like closing remarks and if not just where where's one place that people should go um to to find you or to to see what you're up to um maybe see your youtube show um yeah yeah you can look for me on youtube and um, the other places like i where i tend to write and post a lot is facebook yeah. i really should post to my own blog which i, I just don't do it mm-hmm. um it's just like i love the immediacy of a facebook post because you've got an instant audience like i yeah. can write a post and in, in 10 minutes, I know if it's resonated with people because I'll be getting in, engagements and comments. And um, there is that, like, that kind of dopamine addiction part of like social media. But it's just so great being able to actually just test out an idea. And it's like, oh, people respond to this. Like, you know, I, I've been working with, I mentioned Matthew earlier on helping him uh, do a mini launch for his program because he's kind of coming up to where he's going to hit capacity and close the doors. Yes. And we've been... We've been testing out different messaging the past week in different Facebook posts. And it's just so funny. Like you can try three, four different things. You get a so-so response, a few people mm-hmm. reach out, whatever. And then you 
just accidentally you chance on one thing, and this is like important, you can't ever actually know what's going to really work. You can have an idea, but like when you get that thing that just triggers people, it's like poking them with a needle and yeah, a exactly. bunch of people start to jump in and like comment and like, you know, get emotional about stuff. You're like, ah, I got it. That's <laughs> it. And then you just keep on poking them a bit more because that's what you want when you're doing stuff. You totally. want a response. And it doesn't always have to be that everyone's happy. In fact, you should ideally be split in the field most of the time where some people love it and some people hate it. That's a good place to be. Totally. Yeah, I love that. And I think Facebook is a great tool for anybody who's wanting to like do, you know, cold, but but not so cold after you've accepted a friend request and everything like that. So Facebook is just a, a good spot to be meeting people and, and talking to people. So um mm-hmm. But yeah, so uh, we'll link your stuff below. But but it was a it was a pleasure talking to you, John. And um, thanks for taking the time, even in the evening. I really appreciate that. I know it's difficult to, for me at least, to to do stuff later in the evening. So um, and uh, and yeah, we'll um, we'll be connected on Facebook and uh, and oh, also one more thing before we ended. You had mentioned that um, I had used some. Like there, there was a technique about asking. This kind of goes back to 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 um, like finding a, a guest for your podcast or, or a mentor or something. But you had mentioned that I actually had used some technique where I asked you for help or I asked a question about something, and that was a way to lead in. Do you remember what 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 you had said about that? Oh yeah, I think it's like it's like the Benjamin Franklin principle. Yes, yes, yes. exactly. Uh, I, I I have not read the primary source, but I'm almost certain this is something Benjamin Franklin wrote about was the best way to make a friend can often be to ask for help yes. because it puts the other person in a position of kind of like noblesse oblige. It like elevates their status with you. And yes. then, you know, not these things don't work on everyone. Some people are very cold, emotionally closed off, or some people just don't have the same kinds of feelings. You know, we talk about some people as being a little bit reptilian. Well, yeah. that, you know, I think some people are. Yeah. But that that principle works on a lot of people where if you want somebody's help, you think, oh, I have to go and flatter this person or say nice things about them. But if there's somebody with a bit of status about them or a bit of like prestige to them or they're already successful, flattering them might not get you too far or they might suspect you when you give them compliments that you're trying to flatter them and they might become more defensive. Totally. But one good thing is like vulnerability. Like you, hey, you know, I really need help with this. Or I've been trying to figure this problem out. Right. And I've heard you're an expert in this area and I was wondering what's your opinion on this. Like yeah. you get someone and people love it. You know, you, if someone's an expert in that area, well, here's what you should do. And they, it puts them into that position of authority straight away. And after two minutes of you just shut up and listen to them and you pay them attention and listen to them, they immediately start to like you for, for paying them some attention then. Yeah, exactly. I, I, I wanted to touch on that. I, that was something that I really wanted to ask you. Um, okay. Well, cool, John. Thank you so much. Thanks everybody for listening and uh, we'll catch you next week. Awesome. Thanks so much, Justin. Okay, so you made it this far, which means you probably found something or learned something valuable from this. So don't be selfish. Please share it with somebody else so that they can learn something from it too. That's all we ask for all this free content. We're trying to build a community and help as many people as possible do better in podcasting, make better podcasts, get more from their podcasts in less time. That's our goal here. And if you want to support that goal, then just click the link and send it to one person who you know would love you for it.